Hi there. This is Joel Mingle, the creator of the Edge of the World broadcast and voice of Delson Moore. The following episode will contain themes involving PTSD, self-harm, and suicide. We here at the show never take these issues lightly and want you to know that you are important and there is help available if you are experiencing these issues. Links will be provided in the show notes. Remember, you are important. You have value and you are needed. Please remember that. That being said, listener discretion is advised. Thank you. I've been thinking about checking out. I know, I said it drunkenly before, but honestly, I don't know why I'm here. And I'm absolutely ready to go. I had to listen to two kids die over and over and fucking over. And because of the laptop fucking up, it looks like I've lost access to all the files. So, no information. No idea how to fix this problem. And I'm sorry, but having to listen to those kids, it, um, it fucked me up. Okay? There. I said it. It fucked me up. I mean, for Christ's sake, who should have to listen to that? Every goddamn day, I wonder why I'm the one here. And those kids, my kids are gone my boys so if i'm gonna do this if this is gonna be my last testament of sorts let's do it right my name is delson moore i am from the lovely and incredibly boring state of indiana i was a single father of two i love hummus long walks on the beach frisky women, and I have survived three years into the end of the world. I was a former robot welding operator, which meant I programmed the robots to automatically weld together specific pieces of material that we weren't able to do by hand. I mean, it was a fine job, not exactly what I dreamt of as a kid, and definitely not super helpful in this world. When I was a kid, though, I wanted to be a comic book artist. Spider-Man, to be precise. I mean, I used to dream of working for Stan Lee himself and just bringing stories of good versus evil, right and wrong, to life. Which would have been fine and possible, but being the dumbass teenager I was, I decided to fuck around and get into some legal trouble. Nothing serious, but enough for me to get dismayed and just give up. You know, the whole, Because why does it even matter, man? Or whatever bullshit reasoning we make for ourselves as kids because we're just too goddamn lazy to follow through. No jail time, but of course it was decided that perhaps a quick jaunt into the world of military service would do me a bit of good. Honestly, it did. The structure was something I needed, and apparently... I'm rather quick to pick up on things if angry men in oversized hats are screaming at me. 
After that, I drifted from one job to another. Not really a bum, but not exactly the most motivated human to make something of myself. That was till I met my ex-wife. She is, or was in this case, fine. It didn't work out. There's a laundry list of issues. I mean, I could write an extensive book on my many, many faults that contributed to the downfall. But I think the little fucker who looked like the end result if George Lopez face-fucked Glenn from The Walking Dead probably was a nail in the coffin. But, fuck it, I, I digress. A truly life-altering moment out of all of that was my boys, Jacob and Steven. Jacob was nine months old when I met him, and that was it. I was dad. The kid knew, and God damn it, I knew as well. Stephen came along three years later, and I was complete. But that's not what you want to hear. Where was I when the shit went down? No, that's probably more like it. Like hundreds of millions of fucking idiots who didn't listen to smarter men and listen to jackasses on the internet, I was at work. Had to pay the bills, because, my God, making that money was so goddamn important. We were fools. Look, we had all heard about the Renfield incident, but Americans... I mean, we were capable of world-altering positive change, but we were so goddamn stubborn in our sense of superiority and invulnerability... I mean, I just assumed the report was just another punch to take in, like, an already shit show of a year. Blown out of proportions to help 24-hour news stations sell ad times. It was the moment that Snuffy, who five minutes earlier was a 73-year-old man bent over from arthritis and 100 pounds soaking wet, picked up a 300-pound table and threw it at the floor manager when I realized just how wrong I was. It was, uh, it was the first time I'd ever seen a head explode. But somehow the movies just don't do it justice. I stood there, stupidly, just watching Snuffy's body just start to rip and tear and reform. He had already gotten taller than me at this point and just kept going. Apparently, Revs had gotten into our state without anyone noticing or throwing up any alarms and managed to bite him when he was in the smoke shack. Snuffy had gained so much mass that he was tipping the scales of what had to be 400 pounds of pure muscle and completely nude due to the fact he'd overgrown and tore through his clothes. He was the first brick I'd ever seen, and whoever came up with that name is a genius because it's entirely appropriate due to the sheer size and the fact that he bled all over himself when his body tore itself apart. Three minutes. Three minutes from infection to end result. That's all it took. The scream behind me was the only thing that broke me from my shock. Turns out the same group that bit Snuffy managed to get in through one of the side entrances. And I had an axle coming at me. Just full tilt boogie. So I ran. Of course. Obviously. I don't know how 
to describe it. It was something out of a Michael Bay horror film. Half the crew is down, either being eaten or changing, and the other half is shitting itself and trying to make its way to the exit. Some of the old-timers there grabbed metal pipes we were welding and just started swinging manageable pieces, leading as many people as they could to the front door. They never hesitated. They just went to work. One thing I'm afraid is going to be lost to history is the bravery. These boys didn't even think twice. They were everyday good old boys taking care of their guys. And honestly, it is the only reason I'm here. I was standing on a table swinging at the head of an axle when I could see through the glass doors leading the parking lot coming straight at my friends. V-formation, like the mighty ducks, was a pack of Leos. This was another first for me. Those, those things move in formation. Wherever they go, it's like a pack of Spartans. Hence the name Leos, you know, Leonidas. They tore through the front doors and into my friends like they were nothing. The moment they were through the front line of my friends, they dropped that formation and went to work slaughtering everybody. The weird thing about Leos is they are almost always the first in any conflict or defenses of survivors. They are the only ones I think might have some resemblance of real intelligence in there. Bricks, axles, runners, they just scream randomly without focus and are dumb as a block of fucking cheese. But Leos, it's like they move with a singular purpose, as one, and they make a noise that sounds more like a war chant. They scare me the most. I managed to take the pandemonium and use it to my advantage. Look, don't be fooled, this wasn't some brilliant plan and execution on my part. I literally just realized that other than the one axle in front of me, everyone was too busy eating or ripping my friends apart to notice me. So I beat the axle skull in and ran. I ran around the killing field? Is that a good word? Is that a good term? and out the emergency exit that management had promised to fix the alarm for years and into the parking lot and into my car. Cornelius had the same idea. I see him coming out the same door as I did, booking it straight for me. I throw my car in reverse and come right for him and I was so close. A new brick broke the door off its frame and it hit Cornelius almost shearing him in half. He had a wife and son never figured out what happened to them, but I, uh, I think it's safe to assume they never made it past the first day. Not many did. I called my mom, my little brother, my sister. No one would fucking answer me. I did manage to get a hold of the ex-wife. In typical ex-fashion, we managed to make passive-aggressive digs at each other while I told her to get her and the boys out of town. Take the side road. Avoid the main roads through towns. Don't stop to help anyone. What about my friends? Fuck your friends. You're good at that. So fucking pointless. I mean, meaningless bullshit. It's the end of the world and we couldn't stop snipping at each other. I could hear my boys 
wondering what's going on and points to her. She threw me on speakerphone to calm them down while she got a bug out bag prepped. It was the last time I heard their voices. Kids have this thing where they can just shut off fear immediately. I'm driving down the road trying to avoid these things that want to eat me and they're talking about donuts, Mega Man, the youngest got a copy of his favorite book, Goodnight Moon, and he made me he made me promise to read it to him when it was bedtime. She managed to get them less than three miles from her uncle's house in the middle of BFE before she was caught in the blast of the oil refinery. Well, there you go. My story. Last Testament. Hearing those kids and realizing how much they sounded like my boys. I'm tired of losing everyone. I'm tired of seeing my reflection and realizing I failed them. I'm tired that I killed my boys. I'm fucking tired. So this... This is my choice. I am done with running. And I think most of all, I'm tired of having everything and all my options taken from me. <laughs> Good night, Moon. You better not have touched my damn coffee! Episode 8, Last Will and Testament, was written and performed by Joel Mingle. Today's music was composed by Scott Buckley and Raphael Crux. You can find Raphael's music at freepd.com and Scott Buckley's track at scottbuckley.com.au. The Edge of the World broadcast is a bi-weekly podcast, and like all podcasts, we need you to rate and review on iTunes. It really helps the exposure of the show. Thoughts? Comments? Complaints? Please feel free to contact us at edgeoftheworldcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at edgeworldcast. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, stay safe. <laughs>